0: Hey, Thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes, Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one, another graveyard shift. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hey, Brad Cornell here at the Hope for Heroes, the uh, Weight of the Badge podcast. Man, am I fired up today like usual. You know, we're so excited about what's going on with Hope for Heroes. Go to HopeForHeroesTX.org and uh, check out what we're doing. You know, we've got some incredible officers coming, and you need to know what happens at Hope for Heroes. And on this podcast, the Weight of the Badge, we want to thank George Strait, like always, for writing that song because it means so much. And today I've got a guest on. God, he's awesome. And, uh, you know, he's 86 years old. Yes, we're talking about some wisdom here, folks. And he is on, I'm so blessed to have him on our board of directors because, you know, wisdom is such a big thing. And he's one of these guys you can talk to. And it's just amazing what he knows and uh, his experiences. You know, we talk about experience, the definition of experience is something happened to you, you wish it was happening to somebody else. So sometimes we need to have all that experience. And uh, this uh, dear friend and an awesome board member, he's got a beautiful wife, Judy. Um, they have four children. He has four children and they're from Houston. They live in Houston, um, many years. And he was a judge there for 14 years. And uh, he's got three grandkids. And like I said, he's a pillar in the community. He goes to First Baptist Church. That's where I met him. And he's an awesome man of God. And I just want to say that, uh, you know, it's really exciting when you get to have somebody on that um, can share that wisdom. So I want you to listen to some of his wisdom and just the way he looks at things. At 86 years old, you know, we forget that our elderly folks, can teach us younger guys. Yeah, I'm 67 a lot. But uh I want to welcome to the program today and a, just a big hello and God bless you and thank you for being here, Bob Newey.
1: Thank you, Brad. Glad to be here.
0: I'm glad you're you're here. Well, hey, we want to get right into it and uh you've had so many different experiences and so kind of just uh let's just talk about what you see going on in the world today and your experience in just say the last 20 years of what you've seen happening with our country and our just everything.
1: Well, a whole bunch of change is happening, and that's the only constant is is the change. Uh, I've watched this country uh, move more and more, appears to the left, and that's okay because part of our commission is to take care of the poor. Um, but along the way, those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ have been sort of criticized Uh, and put down for our beliefs. And uh, the good thing that I've seen happen is that more and more women have gotten into the business end of it, and they are taking responsibility for more and more things. Uh, I worked for two female judges, and uh, we got along fine. Um, They showed great wisdom and sensitivity, and they bring us, they bring a different view of things to situations.
0: Now, you were a lawyer before, correct? I was. Yes.
1: I've been been a lawyer for uh, 56 years. And uh, the last 14 were as as a family law judge. And I've seen uh, a lot of negative stuff come out of that.
0: Well, you know, we talk about that, the weight of the badge, and kind of that's why I wanted you on, because really in a certain way you carry the weight of the badge. When you're a judge and hand down some uh, decisions... There's a lot of weight on your shoulders for that.
1: There is. Um, in, but I, I think the temperament that God gave me equipped me to hear both sides of the story before making any kind of a decision. And that's important. So,
0: Well, you know, Bob, we, we obviously hope for heroes is about the police officers. Were there any experiences, which I'm sure there has been, in, in your law uh, judge you know experience where you had to deal with officers?
1: Yeah, they were the more, some of the most difficult cases that I had to hear. And the, what makes them difficult is that the police officers are trained to take control of a situation from the get-go and to insist that people do what they're told. Uh, and when you go home with that attitude, uh it's hard to get rid of it, but it can really cause some problems. So they there was uh, difficult to, to deal with it because they're human beings uh, just like we are. But their training makes them, sets them apart. Mm-hmm. And understanding that it, uh, was a challenge.
0: Yeah, I can, I can understand. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, when I go home, I do whatever I'm told. <laughs>
1: <You> know, <so. laughs> Welcome to my club.
0: <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> I hear you. Well, you know, you see, some of the problems that you, we realize now, I guess, in this in this world, Is it disrespect for the police
1: officers? Yes, and what we don't understand is the stress that they're under. Um, We have in our lifetime, if we're not in law enforcement, maybe two or three really difficult life events that shape us. The average police officer has 600 or more. Mm -hmm. When they investigate murders and car wrecks The stress is is horrible, Uh, and it's amazing that that they do as well as they do. So, when I heard about uh, Hope for Heroes, uh, I was curious. So I went to the to a Saturday morning, and frankly, was blown away by what happens when the meet and greet occurs, and the look on the faces of the officers and their spouse and their children. is is just terrific, and it encourages us to get to know them and to be part of a ministry that, that reaches out to them and lets them know how important they are.
0: Yeah, well, I really appreciate that, and that was one big thing. I know you've been coming since we started this. I started this about a year and a half ago. It seems like you were one of the first ones that were there when we first started sharing. Which was not very many people when we first started this thing. And I think a friend that went to church, he was the one that kind of said, "Hey, come on over, check this out." And it's been growing ever since, and that has been, and that's why I was so honored to have you, you know, on the board of directors, just helping, helping us just lead the way because it's it really is a big deal, and it does make a it changes lives.
1: Well, it's huge, and it really is just worth it to see the look on these people's faces when they come through the door, because the last thing they're expecting is to be a cheer. They're looking forward to a weekend, but the cheering is really the highlight for them. Yeah. And um, many of them burst into tears, particularly the spouse's.
0: Yeah, they do. Well, you know, we're so blessed. We're here in Bernie, Texas. And if you haven't been here, you're going to want to come to Bernie, Texas. It's amazing. And come to one of the uh, one of the events at the Bevy. If you go on to HopeForHeroesTX.org, t- uh, you can put your name in there. And we send you an email when they're all happening. So you've been in Bernie now for like seven years. What's the difference between Bernie and Houston?
1: Well, Houston is really diversified. It has every... Uh, type of person uh, nationality um, Bernie is really in a bubble Bernie is a city uh, filled with people who have great success in the world and people that are affluent and kind of isolated in many ways from the reality of what's going on around them um, it's Bernie is a safe place in the midst of a not so place not so safe a place so
0: yeah that's true And we have an incredible police department.
1: We do. And the sheriff's department and the fire department, uh, they are all really first-class people. And because Bernie is what it is and because of the size, we have an opportunity to get to know them personally and to visit with them and to tell them directly uh, how much we appreciate them. I I couldn't do that with the sheriff's department, for example, in, in Harris County. Or with the police department there were too many too busy and we were just kind of isolated from them
0: yeah well the one exciting thing up here is yeah you do get to know them and they do show up at our events which is exciting and uh, we're getting ready for a big gala on may twenty. Uh, <laughs> think of the one it's may 21st it's my gala i guess we don't know which one it is it helps it helps yeah <laughs> so we are doing a lot trying to help the fathers and sons i you know you're a dad what do you, you know, the, the fathers, the police officers and their sons, I, th- I think it's really important that we have the event that we're having here in April for the father-sons to get away and just spend time with dad and son. Have you witnessed any of that when you were in your law practice, I mean, law or judge?
1: Well, yeah, in, in the churches that I've been involved in, um, we've, we tried to promote father-son, father-daughter uh, interaction. Because, you know, the police department is and the sheriff's department, when they go out the door, their family's not sure they're coming back alive. They're, they're put in situations that, that require risk-taking. And as Brad is want to say, they rush in when we rush out. Mm-hmm. And um, it creates a, a, a tension in the household that kind of dehumanizes them because they have to be so strong. And sometimes the kids are kind of left out of it simply because they don't have time or energy, given their, given their workload. So encouraging father-son outings is, is an important part, we think, of developing a relationship that lets the police officers and the first other first responders know how important they are to this.
0: And the first on every
1: scene The Weight of the Badge podcast is sponsored by The Bevy Hotel in Bernie, Texas.
0: And Apache Rifle Works in Comfort, Texas. Open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. keeps going on When those sirens are gone Yes, and that's true. And, you know, I, the one thing I found out was Speaking with all the officers that I do is they're I guess just because of their job their heads always on a swivel when they go outside when they go anywhere it's plain clothes and they're just out uh, having coffee they're always paying attention to uh, to what's going on around them just because that's what they do for a living so their son's sitting there telling them so dad what'd you think about that soccer game uh, oh it was good it was good ah uh, you weren't even listening and they're like God, yeah it wasn't and so that's why they need that quality time together and you know what I'm excited about are the wives that come to the hope for heroes and come to the gala. And we just want you ladies to know that um, we do call you superheroes because you really are. I mean, when you think about what they do and what you ladies do out there, as far as, you know, when your husband being a police officer leaves, of course, you're concerned that he's not going to come back. And then, and sadly, some of that, you get that phone call. Somebody gets that phone call that he's not coming back. And now you've got to take over. I don't think we really give the women enough, you know, um, maybe not just encouragement but man we got, we got to hope for heroes wants to be help be that backbone of the family as we you know help them through any challenges also
1: well i'm firmly a, a believer that behind the scenes roles played by the wives are absolutely critical to their spouse doing the job effectively uh, and they have to deal with their spouse's stress in ways that that we who are not in law enforcement don't even understand, um, the closest I can think about it would be the military wives when their husbands get deployed. Um, but these guys and gals that are that are in, in law enforcement, and the first responders in the, the fire department, um, they, they face things every day that are so stressful um, that. It, it impacts their behavior. And and with the defunding going on and the attacks on them, one of the things that frustrates me the most is that there are all kinds of good things being done by police officers around the country. That gets no publicity at all. The only publicity they get are is criticism and defund the police. And the cities that have done that are paying a severe price
0: for it. No, they really are. Yeah, when you call nine one one and a counselor shows up, that's not really who you want to see, <laughs> and we don't realize it till we need them.
1: Yeah, and getting to know these officers and hearing some of their stories, it's mind-boggling that they do as well as they do.
0: It really is because you know you're right. They're just and they're human. That's one, one thing that the officers always say. Hey, I'm a human being. We're just regular people doing an irregular job, and really, is what they put up with. They don't get paid enough.
1: They don't, and one of the things that I've come to appreciate is that they're very guarded in who they relate to because they can be manipulated. People try to manipulate them. Um, They they make a traffic stop. They don't know what's in that car, and they don't know what they're walking up to. Uh, And when they go to domestic relations complaints, which takes a lot of their time, I mean, you're dealing with angry people who are frustrated and you have to try to talk them down and then there's the the hostage situations and the, the killings that are going on in churches and schools. Uh, it's just amazing the stress they're under.
0: it is, and i've you know i've I've been fortunate enough to ride with some of these uh, officers here in Bernie. And it's amazing to me, I don't think people understand that. You know, it's amazing to watch one of them. We you know one call was a a domestic abuse type situation. He called called all that down, calmed it all down, and all that. And the next call was a a baby had been dropped on its head. And the EMS was behind us trying to find the house. And so we dealt with that situation in a speeding ticket. We pull it for speeding and she's screaming at him because she was speeding. I don't understand that never works out well. She would have got a warning, I think, but instead, but yeah, you're right. You know, all the things they deal with up and down, you never know what's going to happen and they, and they're trained. I don't think people realize how much training a police officer goes through. I was amazed at how much training, if you ever get a chance folks to go to a, uh, Oh, Well, they call that the um, Citizens Academy. You might have one in your town. We have one in ours starting again in uh, two weeks here in Bernie. I think it's two weeks. Check it with the Sheriff's Department. But it is 10 weeks, three hours every Monday night. And you see every aspect of what an officer goes through from canines to um, uh, it's just amazing. All the interrogation, all the things that happen. So man, I, have you ever been to one of those, Bob? I have not. You um. need to go to one of those.
1: I know. There's a lot of things I need to do.
0: I know. It dog, I don't know. Um, but, you know, folks do just, just recognize that. But the training is amazing. And I guess you probably witnessed that when you were doing what you were doing.
1: I did. And one of the things when I first started as a judge, they they had a class on what to do if a shooter starts shooting in, in a classroom or wherever. In a courtroom. Uh, in a courtroom. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And the the bailiffs would do the best they can, but it was amazing to me what what we're being described and what we should do and not do in those kind of situations. That was kind of the first time I realized, holy moly, this is serious stuff. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah. Well, you know, I know all around town, Bob, you do a lot of different things for different charities and different churches, and you're always at Bible studies and you're talking to different people. What's one of the messages you'd like folks to know I mean, I want to tell you thank you for being on our board. Does Hope for Heroes satisfy a lot of the things that you've oh, I've, you look at?
1: i've I've been in a lot of different ministries. This one really excites me because it's a practical application of the gospel in the lives of people. and this this is where the rubber meets the road. And um, I, I just i'm I'm just kind of on fire for it because I realize how very important it is. The pendulum is beginning to come back now, and people are beginning to appreciate it on a deeper level, all that our first responders do for us. And I want to be part of the continuing education of people.
0: Yeah, well, you're a big part of Hope for Heroes, and you're a big part of helping me as we maneuver through these challenging times, because, you know, we want to show them the love of Jesus, because that's what it's all about, and we want to be here for them when the Chips are down. I mean, a shooting or a just a lot of things that go on at at, uh, at the house, and you know, people don't realize the average. The average is about four hundred suicides a year with a uh, first responders of the police department, and five hundred of their kids. And so, it's really bad, scary statistics. And now, teenage suicides up fifty percent. And so, we need to do something to make to make them realize how much we love them and we care about them, and we hope. If you lose hope, you've lost it all.
1: Yep. And a lot of these officers are suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome because of all the stress that they're under constantly. And um, it's helpful for them to know that those of us that are behind the scenes and that they're being helped by them appreciate what they're doing. And they don't make a whole lot of money compared to the risk they're taking. So when we can provide them a meal, when we can provide them with a thank you, a night out at the Bevy. It's just amazing.
0: Mm, it really is. Have you seen in your uh, age group? <laughs>
1: Very few of us left.
0: <laughs> Very few of you left. Nah. But, I mean, I'm really amazed how many of you guys do it and, and ladies come to the Hope for Heroes. I mean, it seems like it's growing as they rec- recognize how important our our first responders are.
1: Well, it is growing. And not only, it it's not an obligation. Quite frankly, for me, yeah. it's fun.
0: Yeah, it is fun
1: because if we we get free tacos and we have a lot of good fellowship time, uh, and we're doing something really constructive. And I think uh, hopefully we're honoring Jesus when we do it.
0: Yes, amen. And I want to, uh, I want folks out there, you know, guys, if you have a, we do a, the first Tuesday of every month, we put on a, a barbecue over here at the uh, Bevy Hotel. There's been averaging around 100 officers and first responders from FBI to game wardens to whatever show up. And you could do that same thing in your town. If you got a barbecue pit sitting in your garage, you got some neighbors around, you guys are retired, go down to HEB, buy a bunch of meat, get your first responders to the park and have a, once a month, just put on a free barbecue for them and just let them know how much you love them. You know, we talk about it, but, uh, you know, what you do speaks so loud. They don't got to worry about what you're saying. So we're just uh, excited, Bob. Thank you so much today for coming on Hope for Heroes, and I really appreciate you and all you've done and continue to do for this uh, for this amazing ministry for our officers because it really is amazing just to watch them laugh and smile and cry.
1: I think, Brad, that this ministry uh, could be in every state. Yes. In all, all the cities, because the principle is the same. It's to reach out to the first responders and let them know how much we appreciate them. And that appreciation exists in Austin, San Antonio, and any other big city.
0: That's right. You just contact Hope for Heroes at hopeforheroestx.org. Call me, 830-928-2140. And we'll get you teed up for helping you get one started in your own city. Make your city a city of hope for heroes. Because that's what Bernie is and surrounding areas. And so we just want to, uh, to encourage you that we're here. Thank you, officers, for everything you do. We pray for you daily. All you first responders know how much we love you, how much we respect you. And thank you, Bob Newey, for being part of the board of directors. And your heart is such a big heart and how you help so many people. I want to thank you, sir.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity.
0: You bet. I do it for us. And I do it for them. I ain't going to under the weight of the badge. Hey, folks. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that. It's amazing what these men and women do is they carry the weight of the badge. And we sometimes forget how incredible they are. But they're called to do what they do. So you know what? When you see one, give them a wave, give them a smile. Things are tough out there for all of us sometimes. So take some time for yourself. Spend a little time in church and with your family. And uh, thank you for joining us today on Hope for Heroes, Texas. It doesn't weigh a lot until you put it on and the weight of it It's all